night when when you texted me and you were in such obvious agony (laughs) over this movie because i I was at my friend's house and we were watching john wick three and uh (laughs) it's just like oh man i'm and you were doing uh another doozy and this movie and uh i was man i'm watching so such better movies than man yeah man a double feature of garbage. Oh, by by our own hand, no less. Yeah, the, the I thing, did it. The things I did it. I the, recommended this. I said we should do this movie. This the, is my fault. The things this, we do for this show. <laughs> this is my fault. I put us in this situation. Now you oh, had you hadn't seen it before, right? No. And uh, you you were saying Amazon recommended it? Yeah. So, okay, there's two, actually three platforms that really understand my algorithm. They got me down to a T, right? One of them's YouTube that just throws random stuff my way. Like yesterday I got recommended buildings swaying in an earthquake. I'm like, yeah, I guess I would like to see that, right? Okay. And then, and then uh, the other one's Spotify, but Spotify I appreciate because it's giving me a lot of really good music that I like. And then Amazon Prime coming through. It's giving me recommendations left and right where mm-hmm. you may you may like this. And the movie is shocking dark. Now, I've heard about this turd because it's a uh, blatant ripoff of Aliens. I read about this movie uh, a few years ago. I was like, huh, that's interesting. It I is, wouldn't mind seeing that. It is one <laughs> of those movies where you, you kind of like you hear about it and it's like, no, it can't be that to that extreme that they're describing as far as, uh, you know, a ripoff goes. And then you see it and, and it, it's jaw dropping. It is. I mean, it's even in like the Amazon description, like a, a Bravara ripoff of Aliens. Yes. You want to know what this movie was also called, depending on what region you were in when this uh, tour de force uh, was released? Drops uh, it, was also, it was also known as Terminator 2 with Roman numerals. Terminator 2 with the number 2. Aliens 2. Alienators and contaminator Ooh, those are all the names that this movie was contaminator uh now it wasn't released in the u.s until 2018 because of copyright infringement i i wonder why mm-hmm. what changed in 2018 that allowed them to release it though uh because this is the first time it was named uh, it was named under shocking dark that's the first time. Everything so, else was its name beforehand. But so, I don't know why it couldn't have been released under Contaminator. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because reasons. Now, <laughs> it... Hmm. Shocking Dark wasn't ever one of its other names. It un- might have until been now. A, a subtitle under Terminator 2 with the Roman numerals. <laughs> or Terminator 2... In the number. Terminator II. Right. Oh, God. Man, the hate for this movie. It's been a minute since I've seen a movie that has made me hate it. Uh, but this has managed to do so. Oh, good. We're, we're in for uh, a treat then. Yeah. You're going you're gonna to hear what it's like for me to be truly angry at a movie. Among other movies that have made me angry have been Rise of Skywalker, uh, The Dark Knight Rises, and Revenge of the Sith. I have massive hatred for those movies and now Shocking Dark. Uh, This movie is directed by Bruno Mattai, also known for directing Italian porn, 
like Women's Camp 119 and Emmanuel and Francois. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, you know, also, that that explains the sleazy feel that's kind of pervasive yes. throughout. There's a there's a common thread of sleazy looking movies and who also directed porn. Uh, you know, same with uh, Return of Swamp Thing. Right, right. And he he also uh, Jim Winerski, Return of Swamp Thing director, also directed Chopping Mall, which is OK. It, it's it's kind of notorious for like the level of camel toe okay in a movie and you know i mean to the point where it's just like okay you know 80s you know come on like <laughs> that that girl had to have known the costume designer was not her friend i mean <laughs> <laughs> right right so yeah I, mm, okay now this was also written by we're going to use the term uh loosely written by and you'll understand when we really start dissecting this movie so written by Claudio Fragasso, who also wrote Troll 2. No. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're doomed. We are so fucked. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, that's not my worst movie of all time, but it goes on a lot of people's list of worst movie of all time. So uh, just, you know, just this... keep your comments in your pocket. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, so, God. like we said, this movie is a blatant ripoff of Aliens, uh, but it also has uh, undertones of Blade Runner and uh, um, Terminator as well. Uh, so now they being being that it was originally called Terminator II. Yes. Do you think that maybe he thought or whoever thought that by also ripping off aliens that it would free them from the license, not realizing they were written by the same person. Is, is uh, that, yes. Is that a possibility? Yes. Uh, you are a hundred percent accurate. Oh, wow. So, uh, sensing that they had a lawsuit on their hands, shocking darks makers came up with a cunning way of confusing 20th century Fox legal attack dogs. For its international release, which is why they called it Terminator 2. Wow. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's it's they, they just made the wrong bet in a shell game there. We have some fucking geniuses behind the making of this movie. I, I guess. Uh, uh, um, OK. So a lot of the characters are identical, even down to uh phrases that they say or even scenes that happen in aliens uh, when we get to the or the terminator part it's not so much as a blatant scene stealing uh, uh plagiarism but it's definitely like character plagiarism um so and also the timing like the beats of this movie when things happen in aliens they seem to happen at about the same time that they do in shocking dark for example the uh when the aliens uh breach their uh little barricade in aliens right mm -hmm. they the room turns red because they're like how'd they break the power you know or how'd they cut the power you know yeah they're animals that, you know? man yeah <laughs> right bill pags and freaking out and they got the radar detector and it's like that's in the room that's right on top of us and that's when it's like they reveal it like they were coming into the ceiling yeah. you know that scene happens again in shocking dark roughly about the same time the lighting is red they have the radar they're all huddled up together like moving away from this thing and uh, it's not as tense at all it's pretty corny uh but that same happens then there's like the in uh in aliens bishop is looking over the face hugger and there's someone next to him i can't remember his name because he didn't have a really large role but he was like, hey, Bishop, you need anything else? Bishop, you know, like, and they're talking about the specimen and they have this back and forth and it makes Bishop look like he's ominous. It's <laughs> the same exact sequence in Shocking Dark. I, you know, it, it really blows my mind that this movie wasn't, uh, that they didn't, uh, or that 20th Century Fox wasn't able to sue this company 
but maybe you know this movie was made in um 80 uh 85 no 89 yeah 89 uh-huh. uh so maybe then even though that's relatively recently they might not have had as strict of copyright laws on a global scale that we do now right right and and they're definitely not as protectionist or or mm, creator friendly as they are in the united states Right. So they certainly couldn't get away with that in the United States, but around the rest of the world, you know, the copyright laws are a little more lax. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, they're they're so reliant on the costumes to make this look like the future. And uh, <laughs> it, it just doesn't work. I mean, it, it's like. Uh, it, you know, it, it's kind of like. They tried to make aliens off of things that they found at a dollar store. Yes. And the warehouse or power station or wherever they're filming it, it looks like a dry run for the scenes in aliens. It's just that the set hasn't been covered in alien slime yet. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. so so if the costumes weren't so bad, you you would think that this was a rehearsal tape for their they're stunt doubles because everyone is so similar. Um, right. But, you know, again, I mean, they put no effort into the set dressing besides some color gels and a smoke machine. You have the costumes, which are just really cheap. I mean, it it really looks like a group of people at work after hours LARPing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like we're going to well, have an aliens themed paintball game. This Friday, right. the I the the costumes for um okay so in this movie they're not the colonial marines they are the megaforce okay <laughs> so <laughs> the megaforce costumes <laughs> who who do they work for? who does megaforce work for who employs megaforce. They are employed by the Tubular Corporation. <laughs> Not uh, Wayland Utani. Oh, oh, you know. Oh, uh, I, also, I also, would, I would give Jim James Cameron a lot of credit there. Uh, he's pulled some boners himself, like with Unobtainium. Uh huh. You know, but Megaforce. <laughs> The Tubular okay. Corporation. <laughs> oh, it hurts. Oh, man. It hurts. Okay. So, uh, the costumes that Megaforce wears. <laughs> it's like this. Um, oh. They have these like triangular shoulder pad type things. And I, sw- I swear to fucking God, it's right out of like Mortal Kombat. Oh. You, you know, the, the same shit that Scorpion and Sub-Zero wear. Uh, but it's gray and yellow. The shoulder pads. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that's 80s Rob Liefeld's cable. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, nothing says futuristic. Seen... Yeah, there's two things that say futuristic in a movie. Keyboards on the wall and shoulder pads. And and this movie's yeah. got both of them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the one thing that I found really peculiar about this and as far as costume sign or costumes go uh, and costume design, you know, if you will. We're using these terms loosely. All right. Very loosely. Everyone's wearing a goddamn vest. Everyone. They're all vests. Okay. Everyone has a vest on. Yeah. There's uh, black vests with red trim on it. There's uh, the Mega Force vests. And then our, our Ripley slash Sarah Connor ripoff. Uh, she has a vest. That just looks like it's a leather jacket and where the arms were cut off. So, so stupid. Yeah. Um, and and her flight suit has that weird purple trim on it. Like, yeah, like, yeah. Like she works at an early laser tag arena or something. 
Which with all the smoke, there's so much unmotivated smoke in this movie. <laughs> Between yeah. the smoke and, and the lighting gels and just the the, <laughs> the vague industrial setting, you, you would totally think this is at like a laser tag arena or something. Or or, yeah. an, or an early blueprint for a laser tag arena. Uh, one thing that I wanted to say uh, about the environment that they're in is it looks like it's a very old school, like a boiler room in an old school. That's the only way I can describe it with like the concrete walls. Everything's that nasty off white color, like the cinder blocks are painted. Like, uh, like it reminds me yeah. of like a school I went to in like the 80s, you meanwhile, know, when I was a child. Meanwhile, in a warehouse condemned by asbestos. <laughs> right now, instead of this being a planetary adventure, uh, in aliens, you know, we all go, we all get to experience what LV 426 looks like here. We're in Venice. Well, okay. Yeah. We're, we're in Venice and they opened the movie with this present day stock footage. Uh, I, I would call it an extravaganza, but that'd be giving it too much credit. It's uh very poorly shot footage with no lighting to speak of. It's just kind of trying to paint you a picture and then there's a sort of ominous voiceover that he here's paris as you humans enjoy it today and then right. in the future right <laughs> <laughs> they've got it walled off there you know there's like this caution tape line just drawn on the shore it's clearly just drawn over the frame and they have these guys in gas masks with machine guns where it, it's like Venice off limits. And I, I love how they're guarding the off limit sign with a machine. <laughs> you know, like we have to put men on this. We have to waste manpower to guard, yes. <laughs> to guard this sign. Uh, I don't know if it would be a target of vandalism or if they just want people to get the message, <laughs> you're not coming here. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm laughing at this movie now. But, man, do I, ha I hate it. I hate this movie. Um, okay. The character that I hated the most. Now, this is a blatant ripoff of aliens. We've stated that so many times. They find a girl who's been, you know, terrorized by these monsters, uh, similar to how they find Newt, even to the point where she bites Omega Force's hand. <laughs> like, you know, like Newt bites, uh, I think it's Hicks' hand, maybe. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I, I don't remember that detail, but... So, I'll tell you what, man. This Newt ripoff is so goddamn annoying. The way that she screams Sarah. At every line. Every line. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, not just her, but I really wish I could just, you know, like in every movie, like in Aliens, you have your uh, Burke characters that are just there that fucking ruin it for everyone. Mm -hmm. I would love to be able to pull a last action hero, right? Travel into this movie and Burke Carter J everyone in this cast. I just want it ruined for everyone. You know, the I, I think the Terminator character is is kind of or the uh, the contaminator character is kind of a cross. But like he's sort of an, an amalgamation of Burke and Gorman like and Bishop, like all the company men rolled into one. Um, and then he somehow turns into the Terminator. So I, yes. I wonder if this guy was um, in a past life, you know, like worked at a corporation and like secretly sympathized with the Burke character to the point that he wanted <laughs> to like, you know, make him Im empowered. So it's, it's like this fantasy where like, no man, <laughs> Burke's the good guy in this situation. Right. And, and, and then, and then he turns into a robot and then you chase him down and, and then they go back to pass. <laughs> but oh, yeah, man. no, that, that girl playing Newt, she is, uh, she's way too old for that character. Like, uh huh. Newt was cute because like she was at that right age for it. 
where Six, seven eight somewhere around there yeah like you know like they're they're old enough to kind of be competent a little bit but they still need protection and this uh-huh. girl is a preteen and yes you know so it's like a baby alligator that grew up where it's just like they're not cute anymore but they're not old enough to be <laughs> adults we don't know what to do with them and then yeah she screams like every single line that she has and and i was wondering watching this if english was her second language because like even though she was shouting like it still kind of seemed like broken english but you couldn't really tell um just uh, just by the way that she was kind of you know Sarah. Oh my, yeah. Oh, it's like nails on a chalkboard, man. Each time she screened it, there was this funny moment though, and I I did laugh at this. So they're having some sort of uh, confrontation with the aliens uh, in this movie, and they have to open up a door, right? Mm-hmm. So Sarah is trying to open the door. And, you know, it's the the same type of thing that happens in a lot of movies where if it has to do with a button, they just keep hitting the button like it will make the thing open faster. Yeah, like like, like it's a quick time event in a video game. Right. Press X not to die. And you'll see this in like everyday life. If you go to an elevator, someone hits the button and they hit it like three or four more times. It's like the it's a machine like it's coming, man. (laughs) Like the extra button hits aren't going to do anything. Yeah, or those green lights crossing the street. Yeah. So shit's hitting the fan, right? You know, aliens coming in, wrecking shit. And here's, you know, fucking now, wannabe Ripley hitting the same button. Like, nah, 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 nah. you know, and then you got Newt screaming in her ear, Sarah! You know, uh-huh. and then someone goes, it's the other button. <laughs> There's four fucking buttons oh, and our genius God. leader, Sarah, is only hitting one of them. <laughs> There's four yellow buttons like right next to each other. And she's just hitting the lower left one. And then it's like, oh, and she hits the other one once and the door opens. <laughs> now, point point of clarification. Were those aliens like because they're so no. they're there because they're there's something wrong under the streets of Venice and the tubular corporation uh <laughs> sends the megaforce in to deal with something and i was never really clear on what that was because the initially they're in the control room or or whoever I, the megaforce command whoever they're supposed to be they're in this control room and the movie opens and it, it looks like uh one of the crew members is infected by something but you never really see what it is so then they have to send this um you know ultra military force to deal with it so that kind of leads them into gathering in this meeting room that looks like the conference room at a howard johnson's and uh because <laughs> again there's no set dressing it's just this no. is the location we have and if there's no color gel, like we're just not even going to bother. <laughs> right. Um, so were they aliens or was it a disease or something? No. OK, it's super convoluted and it still oh, doesn't make that. any sense. Mm, mm, perfect. So it's they are some form of like algae mutation. <laughs> um, so like the algae mutated and is sucking out all the oxygen in the water, which is like why Venice is like kind of post-apocalyptic. Okay. But how the fucking Cthulhu looking fucking alien, whatever the fuck. (laughs) There's at least two of them because the one time they show it, it looks like man thing. You know, because it's got that kind of ele- elephant snout, but it's like an anteater just kind of covered in bean sprouts. Yep. And and then the next time they show it, it, it has more of a traditional jaw. So there, there is at least two different alien mat. It was probably the same guy because there's never more than one in the same shot. But <laughs> no, there's um, not. It, they, they at least had two different masks for it. So, OK, some kind of algae. All right. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, the only set dressing that they did do was when they used spider webs. To make it look like the um, alien uh, hive from aliens. Um, but it just looks like spider webs on a wall. 
Um, and, uh, yeah, that's it. You know, that's the set dressing that they did. Uh, when I did try to find more information about this piece of shit, uh, it said that they only made one set for the movie. And I was like, what, what set would they have made? That's all the information I found. It was, I looked up trivia on IMDb about this movie and it was like, they only made one set for this movie. Well, what was it? What was this? I have no idea. I, I would have thought for sure it was a power plant or like a freighter ship, you know, like the boiler room of a freighter ship. Um, just something that they did on location. I, I find it very hard to believe that they spent any money on a set. But, you know, but maybe that's the one set, whatever that mysterious <laughs> thing right. was. So, oh, and instead of uh, acid for blood, which makes all the xenomorphs and facehuggers and shit very formidable, especially if you're in space. Um, I don't know what kind of fucking shit was flying out of them. It looked like whipped cream. Uh, you know, they get shot and it's just like this fluffy white substance would come out of the alien things. Speaking of shooting the things, the the algae things, the, the algae men, what was in those shotguns? Like every bullet was like a small nuclear explosion. <laughs> every bullet. They were fucking these things up with like rounds that would make dragon's breath jealous. And uh, that was impressive, at least to see that. But, you know, it got to a point where it was kind of farcical because like there's so much smoke in the room. Nobody can even see just because there's so many gun bla- like you can't see the monster because every one of them just like vomits forth this like small mushroom cloud of smoke. <laughs> right. Uh, the, yeah. The other weird thing was um, I noticed this happened a lot in this movie, you know. Um, OK, so you're trying to make like a tent scene. Right. And they're like, what's that noise? Where's that coming from? Do you hear that? You know, tropes like that all the time. And then. Uh, you know, uh, but in this movie, they would say that. But then, like, the alien thing would grab them from just off camera. <laughs> and I'm just oh, like, yeah. how the fuck? Like, you would see that in your vision with how big these things are and how close the camera is to these people. They were like, there's no way you can't see them. And how is that supposed to be scary? Well, that motion tracker looked like a Christmas light tester. So I, I don't know how you could tell, you know, what way was even up on that thing, because the whole front of it was lights. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it, the 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 handheld computer in Quantum Leap, <laughs> which was all lights, looked like it had more pragmatic sense than that thing. But oh. no, you totally would. You know, it, it's like, oh, it's on the side of me. How do you know that? Because I'm reading the motion tracker. <laughs> right. Uh, you're not reading it right. Oh, it. You know, what's amazing is just how bad the dialogue is Uni- uh-huh. uniformly. And yet there's times where they just rip it off verbatim. Like, oh, uh, yep. Like, did they watch a translated version of Aliens where the subtitles were kind of right, but not? And and when they were take because clearly they took copious notes on how this was done, how they, you know, at least the angle they shot this at or what the plot point was. Um, Right. Just just because, you know, it was such a studied ripoff. It just, you know, it was kind of like a high school theater after hours production of (laughs) said movie. Um, what's kind of mind blowing to me is, but, but maybe that goes back to how, uh, you said the director was in pornography was, I I just don't understand why the Marines, like they're die, they're all so racist to each other and, and all of their dialogue is so vile and it's, it's really a striking tone because, you know, the group in aliens had kind of a, you know, contentious relationship but it was more friendly rivalry yes you know whereas this is just straight up like you know it it all escalates so fast just like who are these people uh yeah like there wasn't likable things about any of them like you know vasquez stealing most of the scenes that she's in in aliens is awesome you know but like 
you know, and she treats most of the guys like shit in that movie, you know, mm-hmm. but you end up liking her because like she does amazing things. There's not any likable character in this movie. They're either just so damn stupid or so annoying. Uh, and the dialogue between them or just in, not even between them, uh, just saying the dialogue, they, I honestly feel like a lot of the performances are done by animatronics with how stiff the lines are thrown out of their mouths. You know, it's like, uh, you know, just you couldn't remember the like, they couldn't remember the, their lines. So they just had them slightly off camera and they're just like, OK, I'll read from this piece of paper and show zero emotion. Well, I mean, speaking of that, like so many of them look directly into the camera and that's not an accident. <laughs> yeah. it, it's it's not it's not that they all they just caught a glance looking sideways at the camera. They'll start a shot of a character talking straight down the lens of, of the camera. And it happens multiple times like it's a stylistic choice. That's really bizarre. And, and I, I think that kind of, you know, comments a little bit to that robotic quality that you were saying. But since we're talking about the actors, like, do you think they knew they were in a ripoff or or were shown scenes? Or do you think the director was like just coaching them from memory like no you got to do it like this um i think they had no idea honestly i don't i mean a lot of the actors that had any amount of like screen time longer than a few minutes i don't think they knew um what they were uh doing or what they were referencing Mm -hmm. um because it's like if you here and why I think that is because have you had you had seen aliens, right? And the level of intensity that happens in that movie, I would assume that they would try to amp up their personalities to be like them, like the real colonial Marines and not the mega force that they are. So, uh, I don't think they knew. Um, but I, you know, it's hard to say. It's a different time. You know, movies uh, overseas weren't as accessible as they are now. Uh, and maybe it was the same uh, way for people in Italy uh, when they were making this. Sure. Yeah. And, I don't and, know. Well, I'm, I'm sure that was the director just being like rubbing his hands together like, ha, we're totally going to get away with this because there's no awareness of what I'm doing. <laughs> right. You know, uh, so they battle these aliens, these algae men, <laughs> well, these, oh, these contaminators. <laughs> yeah. Uh, real quick before I, I move on, I just want to say the dummies that they throw off the catwalks in this movie are so bad. These are some of the worst dummies I've seen being thrown from such great heights to the point where, um, they, I don't think they remember to fasten the head on one of the dummies and it just falls off mid flight. Like the oh. head just separates from the dummy's body mid flight after oh, getting man. thrown off the catwalk or thrown. Yeah. That's yeah, that, thrown off. Yeah. You really have to try to have a worse falling <laughs> dummy scene than Jim Cotta. You do. Yeah. And I think, I think this has more and worse. So, I mean, I think it's magnified. There, like, to I the mean, worst there, there's, there's at least two. Yeah. I thought there was three, but, uh, well, <laughs> who, who got thrown off? I mean, I, I'm not, I don't, re- I can't be bothered to remember these people's names, but, uh, was, was one of them the head, the head Marine? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, what's what's great about her death is, um, when, cause you kind of see like this tentacle dropping down from the background and then uh-huh. she, she like wraps it around her own neck to make it look like it's fighting with her. Right. But it's also just, this is also the Vasquez character, too. Yeah, it's just such a prop. It's just, oh, man. Yeah. But, but before that, I mean, you know, they're going through this room and they're trying really hard to be suspenseful, but it just isn't shot well. And, you know, you got a lot of uh, lit scenes that, you know, they, there's a color gel kind of over here and unmotivated smoke. And it's just nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. <laughs> you know, it, it, they're they're really trying to make a meal out of this place. 
but then the soundtrack doesn't really uh, i don't know maybe it was just my tv i i could barely hear the music in this at all it was pretty light like the music was um <sighs> boring synth music that's the best way i can describe it mm-hmm. uh it it was really light there was nothing like impactful or where the music would go uh you know like in aliens you had the military like snare beat you know when they're getting ready uh it's kind of like pumps you up and then you know the the end sequence with like the the alien and the alien queen and the airlock you know it's like a classic uh uh classic music from a movie that's really intense and amazing but fits the movie there's none of that there's nothing (laughs) no i don't i don't even i mean if there was music it wasn't memorable I can't say like what it exactly sounded like. I remember hearing it sometime, but I don't know. I think it made me annoyed. You know, it's a weird thing. Like I put myself in these situations and it's like, it's counterintuitive intuitive. Cause if something annoys you, you don't really want to remember it. Right. Your right. natural instinct is to be like, I'm not going to remember this. Right. But I put myself in these situations and I'm like, yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Yeah. Okay. Good. So it wasn't just me. Like it, it, it really felt like it just wasn't, I mean, you know, it's kind of poorly shot and it just wasn't suspenseful feeling, but then there was no music to really inform what emotion you were supposed to be having. And, and when it was, it was pretty sparse because, you know, like I was saying, I, I barely, I barely heard it. I, I really tried right. listening for it. Cause it's like, I mean, you knew what they were doing. There's some kind of, you know, suspense thing they're building up here. But, uh, yeah, it's, mm. so they go, uh, they have a scene again. That's, you know, it's the Ripley saving newt from the hive sequence from aliens, right? It's not as cool, you know, at all. Like the, the Ripley ripoff doesn't get, uh, what's that? Are we that far through the movie yet? Has, has the, um, the contaminator made his, his presence known. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, cause at that point he's a full on villain. Yes. Oh, uh, shit. Yes. Kind of in that he got his forearm shot. Right. And then you can see all the mechanical shit in there, which right, is ex- more except- Except it's not in there. It's just blobbed on top of his arm. Yeah, it's like, you know, (laughs) latex and like, you know, washers and bolts and some wires, you know, Uh, Uh, it's not like uh, don't don't think of um, Luke Skywalker's forearm when he gets his metal hand put on at the end of uh, Empire Strikes Back. Don't think like that. Think of like Elmer's glue and some wires on skin. Yeah, there there wasn't really any depth to that effect. No. Uh, so he spends most of the time, the the alienator uh, spends most of his time uh, walking around with his hand over his arm. Um, and I'll tell you what, man. Nothing would be more suspicious if I saw a guy hour after hour holding the same spot in his arm. The least... The, the, the a thing that I would probably say is like, what's up with your arm, dude? You know, right, right. Even if I don't suspect him of being a fucking alienator, I would have just been like, yeah, right, man. Like, yeah, what's up with your arm? Yeah, because nothing <laughs> says, you know, nothing to see here. Like right. Walking around clutching that. And I, I thought it was really interesting how once he's revealed to be a robot, his body language changes for the rest of the movie. Uh-huh. Cuz he's he starts walking around like that kid, you know, with the kind of broad shoulders pretending that he's Arnold, which Arnold never does, but you know, it's just that sort of chest puffed out all of a sudden and, and it's like mm-hmm. what what changed? It was one of your prime directives like, you know, <laughs> to serve the public trust, protect the innocent, act like a robot when found out, you know. Yeah. yeah. That that was weird. Really, really, uh, really weird. Yeah. What was his uh, reason for going full on bad guy, though? 
because I don't even know that just slipped right by me. Or was it the fact that people noticed and he was like, shut up. I'm not a robot. You're a robot. And then started. Right. I have no idea. I don't I don't uh, I can't recall what the turn was other than like he was suspicious looking. And then somehow now he is just 100 percent going to tear your face off evil. Okay. Right. Um, I, who the fuck knows? I don't, I, I mean, I'm not going to go back and watch this movie to find out. Yeah. Right? Don't, don't, no one wants no. that. No one deserves no. that. No. Uh, but back to the, you know, Sarah, uh, um, rescuing fake newt. She, they get there and she's cocooned like newt is, but it's more like spider webs, just a massive amount of spider webs around her. Now, Ripley and Aliens was like, get this fucking shit off a of Newt, right? Like, it was really quick. This took, like, three minutes to get all the spiderwebs off of fake Newt while she's constantly screaming Sarah, even though Sarah's right there, you know, trying right. to get uh, get the spiderwebs, the algae webs off of, uh, off of Newt. Now... Uh, Immediate. Man, I, I wanted to punch my fucking TV during this this goddamn sequence. Anyways, what are you saying? Well, immediately before that scene, she places her tracker on her and gives her some speech about like, this is a tracker. This will find you if you get lost. And it's just such a we forgot to work this into the movie before now thing, because even though they're ripping it off from aliens, you know, and for the most part, we're following that beat for beat for beat. They didn't follow that because in Aliens, you know, Ripley has that idea very early on. Uh-huh. And, you know, she herself doesn't really want to be tracked and she knows what that is. And she's like, well, here's this thing that's annoying to me, but it, it works for you because I don't need protecting. You right. know, and in this movie, it's just like we forgot to invent a reason for this to happen. So it's just <laughs> going to happen. Yep. Now have this because tracker. it was in aliens, and uh, and then thirty seconds later they get separated. Uh huh. Thank God you remembered to do that, Sarah. Uh huh. <laughs> it's so it's so awful. Mm-hmm. So then after this happened, I don't remember what caused it, but suddenly you have the voice of Mother, the computer from Aliens, talking about a self destruct sequence. I mean, do you remember why they this happened? This is completely blanking to me, like the countdown sequences. No, I I'm blanking on that as well. Uh, I I don't I I think they went to the control room, and then uh, everybody was dead. And after that, I I if there, I don't know if there was a reason I I don't know if they said it or maybe the contaminator set it off. Um. But I, his motivations were for anything, literally anything, were so unclear. Uh huh. <laughs> Over the oh, whole movie. Yes, and somehow he starts having a robotic voice, right? Mm-hmm. Like the the alienator does, the contaminator. But why he right. starts having like this high pitched, you know, I I am on helium type voice. Uh, slightly robotic verberation, but why? Yeah, and and it it happens after he gets shot in the eye, which has nothing to do with his voice box, but um, you know because it's this movie, and he's irreversibly a robot now. Um, uh-huh. we, we just have to add another layer to that. Okay, sure. Now we're not? gonna get Shipper. we're gonna get into the part of the movie. Where I really said, what the fuck? Right. As if anything before now could surprise me. Right. I was surprised and it made me more irritated. (laughs) Right. So we got this countdown sequence happening. Like in Aliens and Alien. Uh, And they're all kind of like running around trying to get out because something awful. I don't remember what was going to happen uh, at the end of the countdown sequence. It's so convoluted. 
how why we're in this why why is there even someone talking who hit the button you know for the person on the freaking intercom to start telling the audience us watching it that there's suddenly a fucking countdown uh whatever so suddenly they're they're in front of a fucking movie right like some lady is talking to them like it's like a pre-recorded message and they're talking about time displacement the the whole time travel aspect really came out of nowhere just out of nowhere cuz you think that they find an escape pod and then it turns out to be a time travel machine which if they just have these things lying around and the future is so bad why didn't they just use those in the first place yeah <laughs> it's just you know Jeez. what this this whole situation has been bonked sideways we're getting in the time raft and we're, we're getting out of here. But they don't do that. No, yeah, that, that really did come out of nowhere. And it really could have fit everyone in there. Like this time machine's not like a DeLorean. It's like a fucking life-size pill. You know, like it's like a fucking time-traveling bus. There's seats in the sh- in, inside of it. Anyways, time travel happens, you know, and suddenly and- they're in the past. Well, and, and then the whole place is exploding. Uh-huh. And I, I really enjoyed how they would show a shot of the room and then they would cut to something else blowing up as as if, you know, like just inserting that there would. And it almost works because it happens so fast. The first, you know, maybe two times you think, oh, did they blow up that room or something? But then you, you see the trick that they're just superimposing something else blowing up like like a model like the outs the outside of a model of of whatever this building is supposed to be um over the room you know because they're showing yeah. rooms that they've been in so you make that connection and it almost works except they do it too many times and you see through it and and you're back to the this is this movie is stupid kind of feeling right so now they're in the past which just I, i'm guessing that's what italy looked like in you know 1989 right and you're just kind of like huh okay and motherfucking contaminator shows up right with this fucking squirrel voice that sounds also like a roll robot squirrel voice <laughs> and he's like there was another pod on the other side of the base and i took that one so some they went back in time together in different pods Now, that is some impressive (laughs) shit right there, because that implies that that the time pods were somehow programmed to go back to the same time. Yeah, because if they weren't there, he would have to know where they're going in order to show up there at the same time. Uh Like there there is no guessing that. There, there just isn't because that no. year was never set up. Um, you know, I, I'm giving them way too much credit, but that year was never set up. There's nothing significant about what period in history that's supposed to be. Um, he just shows up and he's there. So if the shoulder pads lady didn't <laughs> also have his things set to go back to the same time, um, yeah, now I'm I'm calling. Fi- finally, eighty minutes into a ninety minute movie, I'm calling bullshit. <laughs> Man, you know what? I I uh, if I was in uh, fake Ripley shoes, I would have kicked Newt out just before I went back in time. Be like, see ya, Sarah. Doo, 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 doo. Just... Right. Oh man! So now we have a confrontation between the Contaminator. And uh, fake uh, um, Ripley, who is now Sarah Connor, by the way. Uh, I just got that. (laughs) Sarah, Sarah Connor. Oh, my God. Sarah Uh, Ripley. mm Mm-hmm. Sarah Ripley. Okay. Uh, 
Clever so, <laughs> so they're in a little, you know, throwdown, if you will. And she, uh, you know, the perfect way to uh, kill a Terminator, you know, obviously is to uh, stab them with a broken bottle. So that's what she does. She well, gets this now, sucker right in the face. Right before that, they're hovering under his nose for an extended period of time because he kind of lurches into the scene with that, you know, bodybuilder pose and then kind of looks around. And then <laughs> it's like, are we in Jurassic Park now? Because like, can he not see them because they're moving very slowly? Because he's totally <laughs> ignoring them while she's reaching for this bottle, even though they're right, literally right under his nose. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I forgot about this. And then he just suddenly notices her right before he, he's going to stab her. So that that is some that is some bad robot vision. Yes. So he gets stabbed uh, in the face and then, uh, you know, just kind of uh, has a wound uh, similar to that of Arnold Schwarzenegger across his face like he does in Terminator. Uh, now, you know, uh, Real talk. I don't remember anything else in this movie. Past this point, my brain was like, I've had enough. We're done. I remember the stab. Mm -hmm. And I remember the end credits playing. Yeah, that's it. There's only about 30 seconds in between. Okay. Because he starts. (sighs) She pulls a MacGuffin out of her pocket like she's going to use it. Oh, and then throws it at him coming and back he, to me and and then he's like what 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 like hot potato <laughs> and then and then he's he's blowing up you know but but they're uh-huh. just kind of superimposing like cigarette burns and and film damage over it um while someone on set's flashing <laughs> a strobe light and then um apparently he disappears somewhere in time I think that's what that was supposed to be was the uh, the oh, like the garage door opener on the time pod to okay <laughs> to, yeah. you know, when you've had enough visiting, press this button and you'll go back to the present. I think that's what that was supposed to be. And okay. then she she threw it at him. Um, he very painfully uh, flew backwards through time, which I'm thinking didn't actually work like. You know, the company that sold these things were like, yeah, no, you'll totally go back through time. Dude, it's going to fucking kill them. Like, just, <laughs> but but they won't know. You'll never see it. You'll never see him again. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, and, there and you that's have it. it. And that's oh. it. She's like, we got a you lot know, of work to do. And, uh, I, you know, like anyone's going to listen to these stark raving maniacs. As they're going around talking about algae people. <laughs> the amount of time. Okay. Leading up to this podcast, I would start talking about this movie and you would constantly tell me like, just save it. Just don't, <laughs> don't want to, I don't want to know what your opinions are of this movie. Just save it for this episode. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I, I fucking hate this movie. Do you feel better now? I feel a little bit better, but then I remember something that makes me hate it a little bit more. Okay. So you have like John Carpenter, John Carpenter's A Nightmare on Elm Street, Uh, uh, Wes Craven's, or I I fucked that up. John Carpenter's Halloween, Wes Craven's A Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm -hmm. Um, And this motherfucker, this director uh, also did that with his movie. It's not actually shocking dark. It's Bruno Matai's Shocking Dark. Hey, you know, hey, like, you know what? If you fuck up this bad, you better own it. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. It's it's probably not famous so much as it's infamous. Okay. Um, uh, he's so famous, he's more than famous. He's well, infamous. Yeah, or famous for the wrong reasons. Um, yeah, you know, he. I'm sure this movie has some level of a cult following. Dude, it has five-star reviews on Amazon. And I'll tell you what. Screw you guys. If you're one of those people that wrote a five-star review on this fucking turd... Unironically. Yes. 
you don't deserve to watch any more movies. Mm, wow. You get a movie ban. Like, get out of here with your bullshit. You know, I went on a fucking rabbit hole with this movie. And I found out some other shit about Bruno Matai. So besides the pornography, besides the pornography, this isn't his first uh, travel into uh, copyright infringement or no, this is his first, but he's also done it more. He has a <laughs> he has a RoboCop Predator mashup called Robo War about mercenaries in a jungle that are hunted by a predator that looks like some uh, poor cosplayers version of a RoboCop. RoboCop outfit. So RoboCop is the predator in this. Uh-huh. In the jungle. Called RoboWar. Okay. He repeats history yet again. When he goes on to make Jaws 5. Cruel Jaws. An unofficial unofficial sequel. They use stock footage. And a whole bunch of unknown actors. Both movies were very hard to market. Because of their... Uh, plagiarism and copyright infringement. So, so this guy was kind of a Uwe Ball sort of, uh, yeah, you know, quote unquote trailblazer, but was basically just taking advantage of tax breaks to uh, get money to make films he had no right making. And um, yes, so th- these were sort of early. Uh, I don't know, maybe they existed before this, but. Uh, uh, you know, sort of early because like in the in the early to mid 2000s, there is a whole genre. I, I hesitate to call it that of exactly this kind of movie. And they called them mockbusters, you know, like yes. like Transmorphers or mm-hmm. a, or Alien versus Hunter. Probably so. something like District 10. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The, I, definitely like a predecessor to that mentality. I worked at Blockbuster during the uh that pinnacle time of uh, mockbusters. And I do remember transmorphers coming out, you know, Oh, I was like, what? <laughs> what? Um, and same with, um, more of the worlds. When the Tom Cruise one came out, there was like a C Thomas Howell war of the worlds, but they looked like giant crabs instead of tripods. Um, well, it, at least that's public domain, I think. That's true. But I mean, if you if you um, if you plagiarize from different sources, but then combine them, does that become your own new idea or is that still plagiarism? You know, it it definitely is if you don't. Mix too many things into it, because if you only take one or two things, it's a ripoff and it shows that it's a ripoff. You know, and, and that's the whole, well, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery kind of, you know, nonsense. Um, but if you integrate enough things together, it can absolutely become its own thing. And I, and I think back to uh, like Hank Azaria, who does a lot of voices on The Simpsons. Uh, he was giving an interview one time where he was talking about how he came up with the voice for Chief Wiggum and Mo Sislak. And he's like, yeah, you know, Mo is kind of this bad Al Pacino impression. And then he did a bad Al Pacino impression. And he's like, but but if you add this other little thing to it, and then he does that voice, and then when you put them together, and then he does the Mo Sislak voice, and it's like, oh, okay. So if you mix enough things together, uh, as long, I guess, as long as the blenders set on puree, it <laughs> it will become an original thing. But yeah, if if you don't diversify, you know your your influences enough, then it just comes off as a carbon copy. Yeah. So, well, I hated this movie. I don't recommend it at all. What are your final thoughts on it? Uh, I. I didn't want to have to watch it a second time because <laughs> because I, I had seen this before and, you know, a lot of the bigger picture things about, you know, being an aliens ripoff, I remembered. But, you know, just for the sake of this podcast, I had to watch it again because there's a lot of like really granular things. And, you know, like you had said earlier, when something annoys you, you tend to not remember it. 
you know, so when when you're a year removed or more from from your viewing of something like this, it's like, man, <laughs> we're, we're going to do that one. <laughs> like, <laughs> I I didn't like it, but I didn't remember completely why I didn't like it. And so I, I had to watch it again. So, yeah, no, it, it wasn't it wasn't great. It It really is jaw dropping in just how much of a ripoff it is i mean it it's so unapologetic in a way that few movies that that are ripoffs ever are i mean it was just straight up balls to the wall like this is what you think you're in for and it's as exactly as bad as your worst imagination could have taken you to you know when you think of what is an aliens ripoff <laughs> boom you know there it is i i'd be interested to know um when the timelines actually diverge if you queued them up both at the same time like how like like how in line they keep with each other as the oh. runtime goes on yes it, it would it would have to be the theatrical cut because you know the director's cuts way too long for that of, of aliens but if you took the theatrical cut of Aliens and then shocking Contaminator 2 and then play them at the same time, um, you know, at what point do they really start to diverge? And, you know, I, I you know, that, that'd just be kind of a fun film nerd study. Um, similarly, I was thinking, you know, when we were talking about <laughs> Deep Blue Sea there and, uh, you know, like with Jaws, there's been so many Jaws ripoffs. Mm-hmm. I, I think a fun editing experiment I'll never do it because I I've <laughs> I, I don't have that much free time on my hands, but I think it'd be neat to see if if you could actually recreate Jaws shot for shot uh, from all the ripoffs. Oh, yeah, I bet you could, <laughs> you know, it wouldn't make any sense because the characters would change. But, you know, try <laughs> to take a line or a composition and, and just see how close you could, you know, Frankenstein puzzle piece that back together and then be a. Uh, that'd be a good college paper for someone to work on so you can take you can take credit for that just cite me in your sources yeah i'm really interested in that one more thing i gotta say about this movie fuck you italy how fucking dare you the whole country on blast (laughs) yeah how dare you release this allow this movie to happen oh my god i mean that's all i gotta say all right thanks for listening we appreciate it <laughs> yeah i need a palate cleanser yeah you, you need to calm down a little bit gotta take a walk jesus fucking christ let, let, now that you let some of that steam off <laughs> yeah oh, well man. and and part of the reason if people haven't figured it out part of the reason why matt's so upset is because aliens alien and aliens but particularly aliens is one of his favorite movies of all time. Yeah. It's like everyone, like a lot of people have their thing that they're like a super fan of. And mine has always been aliens, like from the movies to the expanded universe. I mean, I've read most of the novels. I have all of the graphic novels. I have a fuck ton of the NECA toys. (laughs) Like I'm pretty deep into like alien as a whole. And specifically aliens. Like I'm so nerdy where it's like pre-internet. I knew that there was a difference between the dome of big chap and alien and the domes in aliens. Like the head structure is different. Uh, You know, so it's like this is a long time coming. And for a movie to come around and be like, we're just going to shit on it really gets under my skin. (laughs) Like in case you haven't real or haven't you know realized that already yeah oh my god i'm ready for something else (laughs) next week on post credits (laughs) (laughs) oh but anyways thanks everyone for listening i appreciate it is there anything you want to add no i'm i'm good um it, it it was a miserable movie it was a miserable experience to relive but uh you know, it's, it, it, we, we got to have some laughs over it. So yeah. I think that made it worth it. Without so. a doubt, this episode is better than the whole movie of Shocking Dark. Just keep that in mind. 
Uh, well, it is yeah, totally. That, that's kind of like us shitting on this movie is so much more entertaining than shocking dark. That's that's kind of like saying the shit I took yesterday is better than the shit I took today. You know, I mean, that's <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Either way, uh, what what is the guy saying, Christine? You can't polish a turd. Yeah. And that, uh-huh. that is the case of this movie. But uh, yep. if you're of a type that likes that sort of thing, yeah, I'm sure it has a cult following. And um, uh, it's 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 good. It's good for some laughs if you go into it with that kind of mindset, but not not much else. It's and if you did like it, you're wrong. <laughs> Sorry. And, that, and that's that. Good night, everyone. Good night. <laughs>